hear your words and receive it in their hearts. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. Okay, so I'm hoping my click will work today. Does anyone know what, that, what the screen is showing at the moment? Giza. Ooh, very good. Yes, it's a Giza, also known, this particular one, as Old Faithful. And this is held in the Yellowstone National Park in America. And it comes by that name because it erupts quite regularly every day, on average every 90 minutes for about one to five minutes. So when you spend your money, you're guaranteed to see something. It's a well-visited attraction because of its regularity of its eruptions. So let me ask you, do you like when things are reliable? Yes. I think most of us will say yes. I know when I'm looking for a new car or a phone or a TV, I'm going to check out how reliable it is. I'm not going to spend £500 on something and then it goes in the blip Amen. when I turn it on. No. I'm buying from a brand I want to trust. I want to place, you, you want to place your trust and your expectation in someone or something you can rely on and not to let you down or fail you. Don't we agree? Amen. So today's message is going to be called The Faithfulness of God. Amen. And the key verse is Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. So let's unpack that big word, faithfulness. What does faithfulness or being faithful entail? Miriam Webster, I normally Google, but Miriam Webster is quite good at definitions on words. And she defines faithful as steadfast in affection or allegiance, loyal, firm in adherence to promises or in observance of duty, given with strong assurance, or true to the facts, to a standard, or to an original. Looking at it from a Bible point of view, Strong's Bible Dictionary defines the word faithful as firmness, stability, faithfulness, fidelity, conscientiousness, steadiness, certainty, permanent, enduring, steadfast, sure, and established. That's the Old Testament. But the New Testament puts a different spin on it. One who believes in God, church, that's us, or in Christ, one who is dependable, reliable, trustworthy, honest in relationships and business dealings. I'd say a big amen to that one in our current day and age. <laughs> the word faithfulness appears 78 times in the ESV Bible, 75 in the Old Testament and three in the New. I'm quite surprised by that because... It feels like the apostles was always talking about faithfulness. But I'm, let me stop there. But it does vary across translations. In the New Testament, faithful means unwavering reliability, consistency and devotion. A secure and unshakable guarantee which can always be counted on. I don't know about you, but I think we all look for those qualities in everyone we're dealing with, don't we? And even more so in those closest to us. So how does God show his faithfulness? I was reluctant about this, but God has told me I need to give a testimony. And I've got so many things I could talk about with the faithfulness of God, but I'm going to narrow it down to two specific times when God was faithful to me. Essentially about finding a home for my family. 
Now, I got married in 1997, and I was blessed with a son in 1999. But I was based in East London at the time, in a three-bedroom council house, which was falling down around us. And we were looking for a home. Now, in East London, back in 1999, to find a home for the wages I was on, especially as June was just given birth, she wasn't going out to work. It was just my sole salary. We could not, for love or money, find a home in East London for what I could afford. So we had to go further afield. But the Lord is always providing. And my sister-in-law wanted to move to Harlow, and she got to Harlow before we did. And I found Harlow by accident. I was looking for a house. I was looking at Peterborough, up the M1. Uh, somehow I got on the M11 and ended up in Harlow. <laughs> I know some people have heard that testimony before, but it is God's truth. And now, I didn't know I was going to be based in Harlow at any point in time, but that was my first encounter with Harlow. I came in, went to the Sainsbury's, turned around and came back out again. That's the impact it had. <laughs> my sister-in-law, however, saw something different, and she saw a house, a five-bedroom townhouse in Harlow, for the price I could afford. So it was a no-brainer for me. I saw the house, God put it in my heart, I was at peace, and that's how I ended up in Harlow. First house, first ever house, for a mortgage I could afford. Believe me, church, in this day and age, even people getting onto a property ladder nowadays is one of the hardest things, especially for young people. We got on there. Ten years later, the Lord based me and we found this church. Again, my wife found this church. And I was serving for ten years. But we had to downsize. Our family was starting to move out. So we wanted a three-bedroom house, not a five-bedroom townhouse, which was over three floors, so so to clean. And, and my wife was getting tired, so we said we need to downsize. So I needed to find another house. And bless the Lord, Pastor Rob, who was pastor of Kingsmark at the time, needed to sell his house. So I gratefully went over, saw his house, and again, the Lord provided. And we said, yeah, we'll, we'll make the deal. Foolishly, I was selling my house, and I got a deal, an offer, a good offer. But I thought, no, I can get more. And I didn't accept it, and it fell through. Now I'd already announced to the church, yeah, we're going to move into Pastor Rob's house. Everything's all good. And then this happens, and I'm thinking, my Lord, what have I done? I was on my knees for a long time that time. Did not expect that the person who originally gave the offer would come back and still buy the house for me. Wow. Now that is the grace of God, the faithfulness of God. Even when I'm unfaithful, he stays faithful. Amen. He found, he made a way. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to go back to scripture now. Psalm 119, verses 89 to 90. Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. God is faithful to ensure the sun comes up and goes down every day so the whole planet goes through their respective seasons which brings new life and opportunities to us all. And church, it would be great to have sunny days every day but we need the rain. Yeah, we do need the rain. I know this is a country that has abundant rain but anyway, we need the rain. He is faithful to maintain the delicate balance of his creation and restores order when needed. He is wholly faithful, consistent, and reliable in all he says and does, and he never changes. 
He is with us wherever we go and whatever we do. He is faithful to redeem, restore, and to regenerate us, to be our anchor, strength, and shield, and to be our advocate and our savior. Faithfulness is a key element of the kingdom of God and one of God's key characteristics. His faithfulness shows he is just in all he does. He seeks to reproduce this in his children through the Holy Spirit. Now faithfulness is one of the fruit of the Spirit, so we should pay attention to exhibit this to the world as God is seen through it. I don't know about you, but John preached on love last week, and anyone who missed it, please go and watch it. But I preached on joy, Christmas. Joy, love, faithfulness. Do you get a trend? What's the trend, church? Fruit. God is talking to us, fruit. So take, take mine, take note. Hebrews 3, verses 1 to 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. God delights in providing his children responsibilities for his kingdom. Stunned silence. That's you guys. Don't you get it? God delights when he's providing his children responsibilities for his kingdom. You have responsibilities, church. Same as I come up here, I have a wedding band, I have a responsibility to my wife, which also gives me responsibilities for my family. I come to this church, I have responsibilities to be a leader, but also a brother of Christ. I go to work, I have responsibilities to make sure I turn up. If not, they're not going to pay me. <laughs> I think all of us know that scenario. We all have responsibilities. Now, God did this from right from the beginning. We see it with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He entrusts us with things to test us if we are able to handle and steward bigger things. That's the whole point, church. He gives us a little, sees how we handle it, then wants to give us more. Yeah? yeah. That's the principle. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. Where you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. God faithfully provides all our needs, including strength and a way out when we are tempted to sin. Because Jesus was faithful, he helps us remain faithful to God. And when we do sin, he is faithful to help us back up and forgive our sins when we repent and ask for his forgiveness. He shares his faithfulness with us so we can endure and persevere. If you look at the Bible, there are many stories of this, enduring and persevering. I'm going to select one from the book of Ruth. Now, Ruth is a Moabite. Now, if you know the history of the Bible, the Moabites were enemies of the Israelites. So this is very striking, that a Moabite, her faithfulness to her Jewish mother-in-law, Naomi, allows her to not only find God, but to be part of the ancestry of King David and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, an enemy of God is now part of the ancestry of the Lord. Now, if God can do that with an enemy, what can he do with someone who's working with him? Ruth showed more faithfulness than Naomi. Ruth, the Moabite, showed more faithfulness than the Jewish Naomi. 
But God rewarded her faith and diligence through a man, Boaz, who was a righteous man in this great story of redemption by God's grace. Now again, if you study the Bible enough, he was a kinsman redeemer. He's a foreshadow of our Lord, Saviour Jesus Christ. Yeah? All of these are pointing to Jesus. Why does God remain faithful to us in spite of us? Now church, this is key. We are all in this, this boat. We are all in this boat. We will always, in some way, shape or form, fall down and be unfaithful to God. Don't beat yourself up about it. As I said before, Jesus is gracious if we come to him to restore us. Amen? Amen. Psalm 117 verse 2. For his unfailing love for us is powerful. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Church, amen. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. God is always faithful in his ways and his love. He can but only be faithful as it's core to him. He ensures he is faithful in all his relationships. God's faithfulness is the only true faithfulness you will experience in this life. Complete and utter devotion to the people he loves and adores. 2 Peter 3 verse 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. I heard one time a brother of mine say, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. I have all these questions for him, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. When Jesus turns up, we're not going to have questions. We're going to be on our knees like the angels thinking, Lord, we're going to be basking in the glory of Christ. And we shouldn't be in such a hurry for Jesus to come, church. I'm not afraid to die. But I want to make sure that my family who have not received salvation receive salvation. Because the other side is not what I want for them. So don't be in a hurry for Jesus to come back. I want him to come back. Believe me, I've seen the way the world's going and I think it's going to get worse. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a downer on a Sunday, but it's the truth. But what I'm saying to you is, you have Jesus right now. Yeah? yeah? Through the Holy Spirit, you have Jesus right now. We don't have the fullness of Jesus, but we have Jesus already. So don't be in a hurry just yet for him to come, especially you have loved ones who still need to have salvation. He is faithful in sustaining and persevering with his creation, saving it from itself on so many levels. And how many times has God appeared to someone announcing his faithfulness towards them and his people, and we've responded with unbelief and lack of faith for what God is going about to do. We see it all the time in the Old Testament. When we look at the Hebrews 11 chapters of faith, it was not their faith that made them victorious, but their belief in the faithfulness of God. Amen? A quote from Great Is His Faithfulness, U-Version Bible Plan by John Blue. A faithful person honours, cherishes, maintains and guards the faith of those who put their trust in them. God does this with everyone who places their trust in him. Two intimate bonding scenarios, pregnancy and marriage. Stay with me on this one, church. The bond of a mother and an unborn child is very unique, powerful, and a very intimate bond. A new life being knitted together, this bond will normally grow after the birth with the mother caring, nurturing, protecting, and helping the child grow. 
Now, fathers, I'm not excluding us, but we cannot have the same sort of link with that child as the woman who's carried that child for nine months. We have to get over ourselves. We get, we will get the opportunity with our wallets to bless these children. <laughs> Amen? Amen? I think God the Father feels this way about us when he creates us. Each individually and wonderfully created through his perfect love and his will for us to be with him. That's the key thing, church. He's creating us so that he wants us to be with him. And once born again through Jesus, he continues his caring, nurturing, protecting to help us grow into the image of his son, Jesus. Jeremiah 31, from verse 31. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I loved them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Looking at the next one, marriage. Marriage is the most intimate relationship a man and a woman can have with each other. That is where they can share the ultimate physical and spiritual experience, sexual intercourse or sex. Stun silence again. <laughs> this is with the intention of leading to hopefully having children. But marriage is more than just having sex. It is joining oneself to another person for the rest of your life. It's about making a lifelong commitment to be with them through thick and thin. To love, care and nurture one another. Willingly forsaking all others as this person is all you want and need. The commitment required for a fruitful and happy marriage is extremely costly. Yes, I did say it. You can have a happy marriage, but it takes a lot, a lot of work. There's the still a blacking pressure. It takes time, patience, forgiveness, and mercy between you both. Mutually working with one another for each other's ultimate good. When we give our lives to Jesus, God feels the same towards us. He looks at us like we are the only one in his world. And God willingly accepts the responsibility to remain faithful to us in spite of our actions towards him. And God's faithfulness is not down to obligations to us. No, sorry. God's faithfulness is not down to obligation to us as God was not obliged to create us. But it's just down to his very essence and nature. Now why did I pick pregnancy and marriage as those bonding experiences? Because I believe in a, it's like our believer's journey. When, before we find Jesus, we're in that pregnancy mode where we are completely and utterly dependent on our parent. We haven't got a clue what we need, but our parent does and they provide it. So that's before we receive Christ, pregnancy. Marriage is once we receive Jesus, we accept him as the Lord's saviour. Now we have to work together. Now God is going to always uphold his part. But we, as the church, have to uphold ours. Yeah? That's why God in the Old Testament talks all the time about us being his bride and him being the groom. It is love that motivates his faithfulness towards us. 
And that's why he reacts so strongly to our unfaithfulness. Look at how hurt God was at the Israelites' unfaithfulness, at the exodus, in the wilderness, after taking the promised land, after their exile and even their restoration as a remnant. He knows anything that draws you away from him leads to destruction, which is not what he desires for us. And due to his faithfulness, he was amazingly patient and forgiving to them. He continues to be this to those who love, he loves. So four, how can we remain faithful to God? Matthew 25. Now I've taken a snippet because I haven't got time to go through the whole parable. But it's called the parable of the talents. And there's a rich master. And he's going to go away on a trip. And he has three servants. And to the first servants he gives five talents. To the second two, to the last one. And he goes away. And the one with the five, he multiplies it. The one with the two, he multiplies it. But the one who's given one buries it and does nothing with it. So I'm going to pick up the story at verse 21. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now we'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I've left out what happened to the servant with the one talent, because it's not a good ending. Yeah? We won't touch that one. But what I would encourage you, church, is... Having responsibilities isn't a bad thing, especially when God gives it to you. If you're blessed with a family and you have that responsibility, it's a blessing. If you're blessed with a wife and you have that responsibility, it's a blessing. If you have a friend and a brother and they need you, you have that responsibility, it's a blessing, church. Take, these, take the responsibility as a blessing. Amen? Amen? Our faithfulness is about stewardship of what God has blessed us with. And what we have done with his gifts and his rewards through our faithfulness. However, he is going to rebuke unfaithfulness. And I urge you to use them well, wisely and generously. Good stewardship always balances generosity and commitments. We are not called to overextend ourselves in our generosity and commitments, but to be wise how we use the resource God has given us. Let me give you an example. I have five engagements that I need to attend, but I know straight away I've got capacity to meet three. So what I'm going to do is say to two of them, I'll say, look, I can't do it right now, but I will get to it. And I'll do the three well. What we always fall into a trap of is we try to attempt the five that we know we can't do. And we're going to let someone down rather than just focus on the ones you can get done in the time you've got to do and do them well. It, it's, it works in the work domain. It works in the Christian domain, church. Don't overcommit yourself. I know you all want to be pleasing. You want to help everyone at the same time. But if you don't turn up, that shows that you can't do what you were asked to do. The Lord says in the Bible, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be careful. Don't overcommit yourself. I've been there, church. Believe me, I've been there. The faithfulness of God is seen through our journey of obedience, 
trust and faith in him. And it works powerfully for our faith. As God calls us to a task or responsibility, he faithfully prepares us and provides all we need. 1 John 5 verses 14 to 15. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. Please, let me put a caveat on that one. God's not going to give you everything you ask for. Yeah? He's going to give you what's within his will and what's going to benefit you. God wants us to faithfully engage with him in prayer, maintaining an intimate connection with him. As faith is a key element of our walk with God, it tends to reason that faithfulness also plays a part in this journey. So let me give you what I think is the cycle we have of faithfulness. God speaks. Now this could be through prayer. It could be through reading the word. It could be from a brother or sister of Christ. But God will speak to you. We then listen and we take action. God is pleased. He rewards our faithfulness heavenly and earthly. Now church, always remember, there are earthly blessings we cannot see but we are accumulating them in heaven. Just as much as we're accumulating money or houses or whatever here on earth. And our faith and our faithfulness increases and then the cycle begins again. Yeah? Mm -hmm. That is a cycle of faithfulness with us and God. Testimonies given by God's children will normally reflect the faithfulness of God. That's why I started with a testimony. And we had some great testimonies at the beginning of the year here at Lighthouse. And once you've seen and received the full revelation of God, the worship of anything else but God will lead to unfaithfulness to him. That's the warning side, church. God has been trying to tell you that principle right from Genesis, through Exodus, throughout the Old Testament prophets, to now. Anything that does, takes us away from the worship of God will lead to unfaithfulness to him. Faithfulness begins with an inward attitude working itself outward in actions. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to be faithful to God, to those around us. So we should be faithful in every situation, in word and action. And I think these are the key ones. In our marriages, if we're married. In our family relationships and friendships. When we're dealing and interacting with people. When we're at work and when we're serving. Yeah? How many of us, when someone has been unfaithful in a relationship or friendship, in any way, has just forgotten or forgiven it? Anyone? You don't have to put your hand up. I'm going to put my hand up and say, I've had a hard time sometimes doing that. I've had to work through many months sometimes, in years, in prayer. Not forgetting, but forgiving. Yeah? So let's be honest with ourselves. It takes time. It will impact on how you trust and deal with that person or situation going forward. Don't get me wrong. While God remains faithful to us, he will address our unfaithfulness because he wants to heal our relationship. He wants to make it as strong as it can be. But it's down to us. It is essential we protect and hold it in high regard because it's a privilege to have this bond with God through Jesus. And God will do his part in this but we must also do our part. James 1 verse 12. 
God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. And afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. So expect to be tested to see the faithfulness of God shine through in your life. Again, you've gone quiet. But I'm going to tell you, church, expect to be tested to see the faithfulness of God working in your life. Each day will bring its own testing. And even without trials and tribulations, God is testing our faithfulness towards him. Remember the talent, the story of the power of the talents. The one that was given five and two did not go for a hard time, but God was still testing their faithfulness. Yeah? Love for God should be our key motivation to remain faithful to him, to please, serve and obey God in all things. And our lives can be mainly driven by the following. But you can make a difference. Have I gone the right way? Right. You can make a difference if God's faithfulness is influencing that focus. So one of the main focuses is we're self-oriented. And if we don't have God's faithfulness, it's going to be about me, myself and I, it's all about me, Jesus. No, we don't have that song. But some people would like it, it to be like that. But with his faithfulness, we become selfless and humble and willing to help others. We need that in this world today. We become, those of us who are family-oriented, without God's faithfulness, we'll be fully committed just to our own family. And we've seen that. You know, Just my family, I don't need to sort it out. You do with it. While with God's faithfulness, you can extend your commitment to not only your own family, but also to include the members of God's family. And believe me, church, I've got members of my blood family that I've got a close relationship with my God family. Yeah? Yeah. Amen. Being career-oriented, without God's faithfulness, it's all about money, power, influence, status for our own gain. I think across the water we can see that at work, can't we? Yes. I'm not going to mention the name, but we can see it at work. And with God's faithfulness, you allow God to direct and shape the path of your career. Motivation is God-centered, and you'll use your career to progress the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We are 24-7 disciples, aren't we, church? Yes. Everything we have is God's. Yes. We have to give it back to him. So his faithfulness helps us and others become God-oriented and influences and enhances the first three items. It's available to everyone, but there are more blessings and rewards available to those who are faithful to God. My last point. Why is God's faithfulness so important to us? Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. God faithfully bears all of our burdens with us providing peace for us in them. His yoke is to trust in him and to live in the joy of his salvation. Church, if I did not have Jesus to bear my burdens, to keep me grounded and focused on him, I would have been undone long ago. Lamentations, chapter 3, from verse 21 to 23. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, 
the faithful, of the, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Amen. I have the song, uh, Great is thy faithfulness. Every time I read that scripture, I'm sure that's where it stems from. So I'm always tempted to say, thy faithfulness, rather than his faithfulness. But anyway. Give this the context of where this scripture comes from. The prophet Jeremiah's words in the midst of seeing his people's despair caused by the Babylonians due to their unfaithfulness to God. So the nation was completely obliterated by the Babylonians. And Jeremiah is saying this in the midst of all of it. He was holding on to God's loving faithfulness, mercies, blessings and promises. So God's faithfulness is seen through his plan of redemption for us all in spite of our foolish and selfish motives and ways. And we can have faith in the present because we have seen and experienced God's past faithfulness. Amongst all the madness, trials and tribulations and uncertainties, we can trust and stand on the faithfulness, steadfastness and promises of God. His faithfulness reassures us that his promises will be fulfilled in his time. So to leave you with some of God's promises to hold on to. He will provide salvation to those who believe in his son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Saviour through faith by grace. He invites us into his eternal family, making us children of God. He is always with us and he never leaves us alone. Amen. He loves, cares, provides and protects us like no other. He leads us and will change us. Amen. And he will return for us and make all things new. Amen. Now I think for most believers, the first five you've probably hit already. That last one is yet to happen. His faithfulness towards us should encourage us to deepen our commitment and relationship with him. And I hope brings hope and security as we journey through life with him. My last scripture today, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 24. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. God was committed to you way before you made any commitment to him. He held back nothing for us, so we need to ensure we hold back nothing for him. So in closing, may I encourage us all to strive to remember and honour God's faithfulness and to remain faithful by the Holy Spirit to the one who is faithful always in all his ways. Amen. Let's pray. Glorious and mighty Father, merciful Lord, Saviour, ever-present Holy Spirit, Lord, I've only given a portion of the uh, testimonies of the faithfulness of God in my life. And I know there are many people in this church today that can testify to your faithfulness. But Lord, you are a faithful God even to those who do not yet know you. You are faithful in giving them life. You are faithful in nurturing them and keeping them. And Lord, those people who may be here who have not received, not seen, not had the privilege of knowing you, Lord, I pray their hearts may be open to your word today. I pray they hear the heart of God. The heart of God is to save a soul. The heart of God is to love that person with a love and faithfulness that is greater than anything we will ever have in our lifetime. And God's faithfulness does not end here, but endures into eternity. Faithfully keeping us, faithfully nurturing us, faithfully loving us. He is the God of all creation. He is the faithful God. There is no one before him, no one after him, no one before him. 
And our God is a loving God. He's a merciful God, a gracious God. And he's a faithful one who wants you to be in his family. So if you're here today and you have not given your heart to Jesus, take this moment now. Say a prayer. Say to him, come into my heart. Make me new. May I be faithful to you as you are faithful to me. And for us who are believers, who have been believers for a number of times, I pray we recommit our hearts to the Lord. I pray that anything that we have allowed us to be drawn from, that we put it down. We say to the Lord, I'm sorry. We come back and we make amends. The Lord is a gracious God. He's ever faithful, ever interceding for us. He already knows. Just come to him. He's waiting. Just come, give it to him and let God be faithful again and you be faithful to him. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you, Colin, for that reminder. Even when we're faithless, he remains faithful.